What's Good Friends list, episode 20 of the Game Pass Gamecats, coming at you. And with us now unofficially at the one-year mark until the launch of both next-generation home consoles, we decided it's time to put our money where our mouths are. This week, we decided to put together a metaphoric time capsule of bets in regards to the beginning of next-gen, with what we expect, what we want, and what we don't want is we inch closer to those brand spanking new boxes. We cover everything from the actual hardware specs itself to the peripherals and gimmicks that usually accompany a new system at launch, and of course, everyone's favorite, the first crop of games we're going to get to see. Plus, fans of EA's acclaimed skate franchise were in for a scare over the past week, but now it seems the situation may be much brighter than previously expected. Also, a lot of people play Minecraft, specifically in China. Shocker, right? We've got a breakdown of the new monstrous statistics regarding the crafting giant that you've just really got to hear. Another jam-packed episode coming up on the Game Pass Gamecast. <laughs> now the fun begins. Budget. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, including news, rumors, and conversations around them video games, because guess what? Video games are cool, man. I am your host, as always, Travis White, aka Travelus, on most internet platforms. New episodes of the show drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever you get them, all major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us whenever or wherever you get those. And follow us on Twitter, at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show and video games alike. As always, joining me, my partners in crime, Mike Peepack and Adam Marshy Marsh. Adam. Spit me the truth, man. What's good? What's going on? And what have you been playing more importantly? I am on my third playthrough of Fire Emblem now. I'm doing the uh, the Crimson Flower route. And... You got any of that Fire Emblem, man? <laughs> you got any of that Fire Emblem? And other than that, it's been some Seven Days to Die and a little bit of Age of Empires 3. Just just heading back to revisit that for a bit. Just to, just to see if the, the uh, like... The draw to it's still there because you got to think AOE four. I mean AOE two definitive looks pretty sick. I've been seeing it on stream a little bit. True. Does yeah, that come out true. this month? It's already out, dude. Pretty sure Ooh. it's already out. It's like I should. Uh, I should like demo. <laughs> Adam, Adam's just like, all right, see you later. It's a two man show today. <laughs> yep. I'm right, out guys. <laughs> I think real. if you have a uh, HD on like mm -hmm. classic HD on Steam, you get a coupon for the definitive. Oh word yeet as the kids say i think that's what the kids still say yeet yeah they do okay i mean it's obviously a pretty fucking stupid phrase but you know yeet. it has its uses yeah i guess you know anyways what about right, you mike ask me what i've been playing i i was just wrapping up with adam it was kind of quick just fucking okay mike <laughs> <laughs> what's good what's going on and what have you been playing I'm still playing Halo. I'm still playing poker. <laughs> and, but I've also sprinkled in, I've been doing some of the missions for Ninja Gaiden Black and completing some of those, some of the more difficult boss fights that you get in the missions packs where you can do karma runs and just like general speed runs on, on like beating 
uh, the bosses and the added um, enemies. It's kind of like turning up the difficulty and playing through it regularly, but they have all those like crazy challenges in Ninja Gaiden Black that came with the game uh, that I've been trying to get through, and I, I want to beat them all, so right. it's starting slow and just working through some of them, but yeah, I mean... Other than that, nothing that crazy. Very cool. How's uh? How has the? Uh, seems like the poker game has been very fruitful so far for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I played blackjack the other night for a while <laughs> online and and ran it up to like eight hundred bones or whatever. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing well in poker. I won a tournament. Um, it was just like a ten dollar tournament, but still pretty legit. Hey, that's and, fun, man. Uh, other than that, still playing, still grinding. Um, just trying to keep stay level headed and keep my wits about me and just keep the grind going for poker and enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, definitely for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something you still enjoy doing. And as long as you're smart financially about it, then, you know, you could always play like, do they offer, is it like bare minimum, like $5 entry for like, do they have sit down, like sit and go tables and stuff like that online? Or is it just like strictly like tournaments that you can buy in? Yeah. They have both. So they have cash games where you can just kind of buy in. They have as low as $2 buy-in, one cent, two cent. Uh, In the tournaments, they have as low as a dollar, but um, like they have up to like $100 or whatever. Um, I usually sit in then like the one, the three, the five, and the $10 tournaments are the ones that I'll usually partake in Mm -hmm. Um, just because of bankroll management, just trying to have a set amount for my poker money and proper bankroll management dictates how much I can fire on certain tournaments and what chances I can take. So just using proper bankroll management and everything of that nature to protect myself from going bankrupt. Yeah, no, for sure. And at the end of the day, like I was saying, as long as you're smart financially about it, it's something you obviously enjoy doing. You seem to be a real like student of the game type of thing. For years now, you've always been interested in the game and really learning the ins and outs of it, not just the the quick hitting of just straight up blackjack or something like that. Like poker has always been a table game that you really have gravitated to for not just the straight up factor of winning money, but also something you're actually interested in learning the minutia about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saving up like right now I'm trying to build my bankroll up and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get enough money to invest in a couple of, uh, there's a couple of programs online uh, that are done by poker pros that'll teach you a lot about the game and, They'll usually have like a seven hundred dollar uh, pre- or uh, dollar sign in front of them for like the basic classes. Mm-hmm. Then they have master classes that can be anywhere up to like thirteen hundred dollars. But basically, you'll get a program uh, that you can calculate flop odds and things of that nature with. And then they'll also give you like walkthroughs on situations and how to calculate, um, you know, the best decision for you financially and uh, just in general, like what's the best decision in in this situation. Uh, yeah. And just tries to you know keep you winning online poker and even live poker it just tries to keep you working and winning at the game you know what i mean right oh yeah for sure uh, at, like i said at the end of the day you're still enjoying it and you're also being smart with it so it seems like so far so good with the online poker being accessible here in pa for you so on my end though this past weekend and really week i guess for the most part it's been death stranding for me on my end um been pretty balls deep into i put I think, like, a little over 15 hours in this weekend. Nothing crazy, but, like, that was the game anytime. Like, I had to work on Saturday, so anytime I had free time, I was playing that. It it really started off slow. I, I have a thread on Twitter. I know this is an Xbox show, so I won't really hang on it too long, but it will be coming to PC, so I think maybe down the road, uh, you know, that'll be something maybe we could talk about if more people in our 
community, I guess, really end up buying that on PC, that may be something I look into doing a spoiler cast or something like that with. But I'm really enjoying my time. Uh, once It starts out very slow, but once it gets going, it really opened up, and I'm really finding my hooks in it. It's got its hooks into me, I mean, with um, you know the gameplay loop that's offered with it. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, outside of that, though, I didn't mention it last week on the show just because I literally got access to it, like, the day before we started, or the day before we recorded, so really wasn't justifiable for me to really give any impressions on. Um, sure, yeah. But I've been playing the PC build of MCC, Halo Master Chief Collection, playing Reach on there. I got an invite to the Insider Program for PC uh, for the past. It's actually been a two-week stretch for the most part with it. So I only have about maybe four, five, eh, probably four hours closer um, in the game but dozens of multiplayer games across different stretches of playlists and different things like that. Played some competitive, played a lot of social matchmaking just to get a feel of it. Uh, And they've been rotating the playlist kind of on and off with different things. Like today, hopped on for like 45 minutes before we jumped in and started recording, and it was just straight up infection. And it is what it is. Like, you can't take it too serious, but it was fun how it is. My biggest complaint... um, my biggest complaint with this is there needs to be something before the final builds put out. Something needs to be done with shot registration. Um, it's really delayed. I mean, really, really. And normally I'm either like, okay, I just suck because I'm not good at Halo. I just love playing Halo. It's just fun. That's my type of shooter to play. But it's it's not my internet connection. My ping's great. My up down for where we live is a very stable, good connection, good enough to play any kind of online matchmaking with very comfortably. It's not, you know, dial-up speed or anything. But my bandwidth's good, all of that. It's very much seems to be something with the PC build that it seems like it's being addressed or it's at least known. Um, but It it's was very... kind of like that when I played it on Xbox, not going to lie. that it, it left something to be desired connection-wise, that's for sure. Yeah, it was very much like, and not just me being like, well, I fucking tagged that guy with you know, dead center with a two sniper shots, like easily downed, it'd be like, I'm running. I'll, I'll hear the gun. Like somebody's shoot me. I'll hear the shot. And it's like three seconds later, I'm down. And it's like, uh, uh, okay. Like I'm like halfway across the map at that point, And now the shots registering, like something is very much like it, it just something on the back end needs to be done with it. I'm not familiar with the networking end of how that works, but it it just i'm sure it's something with the servers that need adjusted i don't know but it's very that's the big glaring issue everything else is awesome the 60 frames per second on pc is amazing it feels great i hope they do offer at least with a final build to be able to unlock that and see what people can do with you know 120 or whatever if not 60 frames is more than great especially on pc it feels very natural i hate that it's reach that we're going with first um but even though it is one of the best campaigns out there, at the end of the day, I'm probably going to, if I'm playing this on PC, I played, I'm going to play the campaigns usually on console because that's a much more cinematic and, you know, traditional approach to the campaigns for me. If I'm playing multiplayer, I'd want to play on PC because I like playing any FPS on PC. But in general, it's still, everything feels great about it. Silky smooth. It's awesome. It's just the shot registration. That's the biggest thing. So, and that seems like it could, it's something that could be in theory fixed on the back end pretty easily, but 
I, I know, Mike, you've had qualms with 343 in the past, as a lot of people have, especially <laughs> given multiplayer. So, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see. But I think they've at least been very vocal in recent years, um, especially since announcing, you know, announcing that they're going to fix MCC or at least quote unquote fix or and also to bring it to PC and building up towards Infinite. I'm, they really seem like they're trying to get the best will of the fans out there. So. Yeah, I think they're trying to. They they are really trying to make a um, make a serious. Um, I guess the proper way to put it would be like make a serious attempt at repairing their image with the community because they had a really long blog post recently, mm-hmm. and this didn't make it into the news. And I didn't really um, you know attach it in our little show notes or anything because it's more personalized just for something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. But Tashi, uh, the competitive director over 343 did put out a really long blog post kind of giving us a little bit of a roadmap of what to expect going forward with the halo championship series including the fact that they're cons- they're going to go to a one year long scheduled way ahead of time roadmap where it's going to be certain cities certain dates whatever we're going to have that information a long time ahead of when the season actually begins so it's going to go back more to a traditional mlg feel where you know, we're going to be able to just plan like, hey, we know we're going to Orlando in this month in January. And then we know in March we're going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then in June we're going to Dallas. Like he kind of promised that that's what competitive Halo is going to go to, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a nice thing for all the competitive players. And I it's think refreshing. Really it's definitely refreshing it. because that's that's literally what you need to do for modern esports. If you want to be like that's uh, just part of the foundation basis for modern esports general well, just even, being even, vocal and being upfront and having a roadmap of things that are happening absolutely and like even like let's just say even if we're talking about um playing halo 3 or even halo reach like mm-hmm. in this next year you got to give these you got to give people like me and and everyone who's interested in the game like if anybody wants to dip their toe in the water you don't give anybody redeeming quality for diving into halo right now mm-hmm. because you know, we have one event every few months. It's not announced until maybe a month and a half before. So mm-hmm. a lot of the young talents have gone on to Call of Duty because they know what to expect from that game. Mm-hmm. We're losing talent left and right from the Halo community because they're going to greener pastures, if you will, mm-hmm. and going somewhere where it's more stable and they know what to expect from the tournament organizers and they know what to expect from the game. Yeah. And obviously the prize pool money is a big thing, but... Mm-hmm until halo does something like they're trying to do now um that's going to keep happening and it's you're not giving new blood a reason to compete in your game you're just not there's no reason for anyone new to start playing halo because the the money's not there the production value's not there Mm -hmm. and the support from the devs just isn't there it's it's all you know being run by grassroots organizers which is awesome Mm -hmm. that there's still people doing that but i would like to see 343 get more involved with that um, and hopefully the re- release of Reach on PC will kind of, you know, be a stepping stone that they kind of step up to the plate and do the right thing by the game, you know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, fingers crossed. So far, so good. I loved everything minus the shot detection with MCC on PC. I don't know how much longer this flight is going. I know they extended it by a week. I'm guessing it's got to wrap up any day now. But uh, so far, so good. I'm excited to see what the final product's going to be. And hopefully knock on wood we get some kind of release date at least for reach or at least release window here relatively soon so um guys before we head into the news we're talking 
our free game giveaway. A little housekeeping before we get in here. Do you like free games? Stupid question, Travis. Of course you do. Of course everyone does. So let us help with that. We're giving away a brand new free game of your choice on any console. So it could be Death Stranding for PS4, whatever you want. I don't really care. I will hook you up. Two, one lucky listener. And all you have to do is the following. Follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast and retweet the pinned tweet on our profile and make sure you're listening to the show to know when you've won. That's it. Really easy. Keep it simple, stupid. Once we hit our goal, we'll pull a winner and someone will get squared away with a game. So head on over to at GPGC Podcast today and and ta. All right. Heading into the news for this week. Kind of news over the weekend starting out here. Not sure if you guys heard about this, but... At first, it was reported that EA basically abandoned the Skate trademark, the Skate series, the trademark for it. They basically supposedly abandoned it. Uh, We do have an update to that, but let me read you the original story. This is coming from Adam Bankhurst via IGN. The original story reads like this. Electronic Arts has abandoned its trademark for Skate, which is not the best news for those hoping for a return of the skateboarding series that hasn't had a new entry since 2010 Skate 3. As reported by VG247, a U.S. Patent and Trademark Office listing has revealed that of August 1st, 2019, EA had abandoned its trademark for Skate. The last time EA re-upped the trademark was on February 16th, 2018. Thanks to Games Radar, the trademark page on legal resource site Justia shows that the trademark was abandoned due to failure to respond or late response. But we do have an update, though, and it is at least good news if you are a fan of the Skate series. So, update. The Skate trademark originally reported was not abandoned. As VG247 reports, the reason the February trademark was abandoned is because EA filed for another one in June of this year. Apparently, the publisher filed for a renewal of the original trademark. So, after all that, As someone who, like, straight up adored the Skate franchise last gen, like, Skate 1 was one of those mind-blowing games. It was was the first time I, like, saw in a long time that, wow, we're getting an actual transformation of the sports genre. And we're getting the ability to actually slow down time, move your skateboard, as somebody who loved skateboarding growing up, move your board in precise motions to actually pull off realistic tricks and actual, like, street-level tricks, because I was always more of a street skater than a vert. It was really refreshing to have something like that. So I've been holding out hope for far too long on EA releasing another entry in the series. Or hell, even a remaster. But when the first story broke, at least, it looked like that was a for sure thing that it was not happening. All my fears were concerned. But now it seems like there's at least a sliver of hope. So the question is simple, I'm proposing. Do we see a Skate 4 in the future anytime soon? Or even with the trademark still being owned, has that ship like far sailed for EA? I think it's another situation where we see the amount of money that EA has where they can just sit on a game like this and just not do anything with it if they really don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to think that as a businessman, you wouldn't just waste your money on a trademark to just let it die or not do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So I do think that we will see a, a new skate game at some point in time. Maybe they're trying to decide if they're going to wait till the next gen at this point because you know, I mean, you're getting close to the situation where you're going to have the new gen consoles coming out. So mm-hmm. I don't think it, it, it's probably going to be a situation where we might see it next gen. Um, and it might not be that soon, unfortunately, for those out there that are huge fans of the series. Yeah. And they definitely they announced that. I remember I think it was it was it this past E3 briefing from Xbox. They announced that 
um, skateboarding game that's coming out that seemed like everyone at first was like, holy fuck, they're announcing Skate 4, and then it ended up being something different. It looks pretty dope. It still looks like a Sim-style skateboarding game, but if you ask me, I think I think it's all but sailed. The ship has pretty much sailed. I'll say this, though. two Actually, two things. One... I'm, I'm sure a remaster is not out of the question, or at least bare minimum, the ability to, when we get to Project Scarlet next year, even PS, uh, PS5, we'll probably see a re-release at bare minimum, or the backwards compatibility carryover, because you still can play at, I think it's Skate 3, the one that is backwards compatible, um, that you're still able to play that on modern consoles. So it may be one of those situations where we'll see a re-release of just that base game, like Walmart has or whatever in their new game section where it's like 10 bucks or whatever. I could see something like that, but I'll say this. I'm curious to see how well, now I think it will sell well just because of the IP, but I think actually a lot rests on Jedi Fallen Order, the new Star Wars game coming out this week because it's such a non-traditional EA game that there's no microtransactions. There's no, there's no pay-to-win-esque model that you find in a lot of EA modern titles, um, especially with big IPs like that. I, I, I'll say this. I'm curious to see how well that does with that model. Because if they find success in that of just straight-up game sales and different things like that, word of mouth, and a lot of buzz on the internet about the game, especially carrying into the new Star Wars, I actually think there may be more hope. Uh, just because it's such a non-traditional thing for me or for EA, and Skate Four would be very non-traditional from EA. You would have your basic, you know, cosmetics or whatever like that, but it would be a lot harder to set up and try to do that because a lot of people would want a very traditional skate game where, you know, Madden or NBA or whatever they put out these sports titles. They're so formulaic that you're basically just buying a roster update every year. Skate 4 is not like that. It would be a from-the-ground-up type of situation. So it, it's one of those, like, it's a new endeavor that they would have to take that is uncharted territory for them for really the past 10 years now since Skate 3. So, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's I think it's the ship sailed, but fingers crossed. I, I'll always take another Skate game because they're just fucking awesome. They're one of the coolest sports games out there. And we need more skateboarding games. I think we could always use that because that's with Tony Hawk. What was that? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, I think, was the one they put out that was just hot, like hot dumpster trash. Um, it was yeah. like, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was like the A button and grind were, or jump and grind were both like binded to the same button input. So like people would try to like grind on stuff and they would just instantly just wreck every time. Like the game was just very poorly optimized there was a lot of like clipping through things and stuff like that it, it was very much like the wwe 2k20 of skateboarding games it was very bad but shots fired yeah it, it, very much so shots fired i don't think that's reaching saying that so um moving into our next one here before we head into our big topic for the week and adam will be able to chime in on this one Minecraft closes in on 300 million registered accounts in China. Holy fuck. So this comes from Matthew Hanrahan at gamesindustry.biz. Matt says, Minecraft 
has almost 300 million registered accounts in China, according to Nico Partners analyst Daniel Ahmad. The number was released at an event held by NetEase, which publishes Minecraft in China. Speaking on Twitter, Ahmad noted that the game is free to play on both PC and mobile in the country. Outside of China, Minecraft has sold 180 million paid units, and it now has a total of 112 million monthly active users worldwide. The growth of Minecraft in China has been rapid, to say the least. It launched in 2017 and reached 100 million downloads in less than a year, added another 50 million the following five months, and another 50 million by May this year. Remarkably, this new figure suggests that it has gained another 100 million players in just six months. It has also added another 22 million monthly average users since October 2018. So, Adam, we talked briefly on Minecraft's astronomical player base, both in and out of North America in our Minecraft-centered episode, which you can check out on both our YouTube channel and anywhere you get a podcast at earlier Mm -hmm. this year. But 300 million fucking registered users in China alone is just, like, asinine. Uh, To put that in context... The U.S. population for 2018 was 327.2 million. So imagine about 92% of our population having a Minecraft account. Like your boss, your one-year-old little cousin or whatever. Like, oh no, they got a Minecraft account. We're starting them early. So (laughs) do you think we'll ever see a change to the Minecraft formula in the next 10 years? Or do you, does this system just stay status quo until the wheels fall off if really they ever do i think we're leaning more towards the second uh mm-hmm. the second case so like we've i think we might have talked about some of their experiments in doing spin-off games yeah and a little games. bit a little bit they've got that dungeon crawler mm-hmm. coming out they did minecraft story mode they have a mobile version which is not uh fully feature complete with the normal pc and console builds the console builds are mostly feature complete now yeah um but I feel like they've spent so much time uh, bringing the Bedrock Edition, the, the mine, the excuse me. They've spent so much time bringing the Bedrock Edition, uh, the Microsoft version of the game, basically bringing that code base up to date and getting it to uh, a point of parity with the Java Edition. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to start from scratch anytime soon. I think the core game is going to mostly stay the way it is with the same incremental updates we've been seeing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be very surprised if they decided to overhaul the whole thing or try to redefine the experience at this point. It seems like the game is pretty much like met with wild success because it's good, you know, and it, it, it almost feels timeless. Right. So. Yeah, why? I mean, uh, what would you even see from a change in Minecraft? Like, how would you even really change the formula for it? Unless you're really, like, overhauling the whole art style or something like it, that. I think it would have to be something like changing the way the worlds are generated, changing mm-hmm. the whole, like, tech tree of Minecraft, maybe change the way you craft stuff. Like, those are those are foundational systems that you could look at retooling to come up with a different experience yeah i i mean i've never gotten like super balls deep into minecraft i'll get on and we'll have a server like you'll put up and we'll you mike i kyle we'll all dick around and watch kyle try yeah. to like banana in the tailpipe us for some fucking reason <laughs> even though he's Just been dedicated the, he's, the last time we've played like the last little stretch that we played he was very dedicated to like getting it done i was kind of the one like 
dicking him around a little bit but um, <laughs> you should see the lighthouse we built recently we may have to jump back into that but like i've never stuck around a long time in minecraft i don't know why like i like crafting games but it's one of those that like it's almost like it's almost like the family guy episode with james woods where he'll be like doing something he'll be like oh piece of candy oh piece of candy <laughs> i'll get like distracted right. like where i'll go off and do like 10 other things and mostly just to i guess break up the monotony i don't know if it's just me that like that that pull from crafting games doesn't really stick with me but like i'd love to see at the same time something a little bit different from minecraft just to change it up a little bit but then there's part of me that's just like when i do want that experience i'm not gonna go anywhere else besides minecraft for the most part like there are some games like seven days to die that really scratches a certain itch for me that when we mm -hmm. get a group going totally love it it's fun zombie killing it's fun where you actually are able to see the resources you're getting and the looting you're doing and the actual survival aspects of it really i think are much more rewarding than a ton of different crafting survival games but yeah um but minecraft's always one of those it's it's just old reliable it's always there it'll always be that great polished experience if you want the crafting experience and it's also so approachable too like it's one of those games for it really if you want to to give to somebody who doesn't play games and you're like just go up here cut down a tree like how you could help me do this like you don't need to know this is this is hit and this is move that's it y'all you really need to know at bare minimum so mm -hmm. but I don't know. We'll see. It's really interesting, especially heading into next gen with Microsoft. And it's just crazy. That's Mojang is a Microsoft owned studio now. Like it is granted. They'll be doing Minecraft only. I'm sure for until, you know, the apocalypse happens, but um, <laughs> yeah. even after that, you know, we may get the aliens who invade and they're like, Oh fuck. Y'all got Minecraft down here too, man. Let's <laughs> get it. You know? So uh, where's that shiny pickaxe at? So, um, but yeah, I, I will, I don't think we'll ever see it. I would like to see something different, but at the same time, if they don't change anything, I'll still go back to it whenever you guys are like, oh, you know, let's let's dive back in. Let's start the server up. I'll be like, yeah, all right, let's go. Fuck it. Let's get in. So, guys, let's head into our big topic of the week. And I thought this was kind of interesting because it didn't really hit me until I was kind of looking at the lineup of games that are coming out over the next you know, six months or so planning out, oh, okay, like I have this to look forward to, this to look forward to. But then I thought, I'm like, fuck, we are literally pretty much one year out from next gen consoles coming out or quote unquote gen, the next gen of consoles because it's so, it, it the lines are so blurred anymore. But really we are officially like a year out, give or take, you know, a few days or a week or whatever from next yeah. gen consoles, Xbox Scarlet and really PlayStation 5. So, and even though we've seen really tidbits of those with some solidified info, but nothing really major though at the same time, there's a ton left to be known. So I'm thinking today we make our own little virtual time capsule, or even if you want to look at them as bets. So I want to talk about what we expect, what we want, and what we don't want to see with the launch of xbox scarlet or the next gen of consoles really you can look at it you know most of this could be said about ps5 but since we're primarily an xbox focused show let's stick to team green for this time being um which to me we've kind of heard i think not solidified info where sony's been more hey we're doing we're using this SS ssd we're doing this and this where we're having more statistical stuff from sony 
But Xbox been like, yo, you're going to be able to scale to 8K. You're going to be able to push 120 frames on the base unit that we give out or whatever, you know, so more of the flashy numbers. So I'm, I'm, I'd like to put down some, you know, really bets, if you want to call them, on what we're going to see. So we're going to break it down into five categories, guys. We're going to go with the actual system hardware, you know, specs, processing power, GPU capabilities, performance, stuff like that. Features slash gimmicks, you know, think of the Switch's portability or, for fuck's sake, the Xbox One's Kinect that you were forced to buy. God, yeah, baby. No. <laughs> um, that was uh, that was such a painful experience. Whenever like they launched that, and I just my dumbass. Whenever I went to get my Xbox One, like a month or so after it launched, I remember going to and like thinking like, oh, they gotta have one without the like connect or whatever. Nope, no, you gotta buy the fucking connect. Like that was me being like, really? Do I have to? Like, really? Do I have to buy one with the connect? Like, I, I just left it in the box because there was no use for it. But anyways, getting off topic, um, we're also going to do services. So like, you know, just any of the various, various services that are possible with the system, streaming, Xbox Game Pass, we can put into there, things of that nature, uh, controller, what kind of features, quality build, everything like that with the controller. And the big one that I think people want to talk about and want to hear the big fish in the pond, the launch window game. So, and this is up to you guys. We're talking launch window. It's obviously from, you know, the date the system launches. I think of it to like six months, but I'm willing to do like a year. Like what's the first year of games worth that we could expect, want to see, or don't want to see type of thing. Um, what do you guys think in terms of that? Are you think it's six months is good enough or do we want to stretch, stretch it to a year? I don't know. Six months is getting getting out there a little bit. I could uh, I could do it though. I mean, either way, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? Uh, I think the longer the better. I mean, I'm still like trying to catch up on this generation. Mm-hmm. So let's do. How about this? We'll just do the first year instead of for launch window. We'll just do what do we expect or hope or don't want to see in the first year of games or you know what kind of quality I guess you could say. So. Basically, for each of these categories, I want to hear at least one expo- or one expectation, one want, and one don't for each category, and why, obviously, on each one of them. And we'll break down the list at the end and put it all together, so we have something to look back on as we start to see the systems kind of officially been shown off. So, And bets with the panelists are allowed and sometimes even encouraged, so if I throw something out there and you want to say you want to bet, you know, a Jimmy's Cuck Pie on it, I'll be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah, I'll bet that. You know, so stuff like that's encouraged. Sound good? Yes, absolutely. Yep. All right. So let's start it off here. We're going to start off with the actual system hardware. Mike, I'm going to kick it to you first. What is something you just expect to see with Xbox Scarlet at launch? Um, Hardware-wise, uh... Obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't done as much research on it as I probably should being on an Xbox podcast. Is it something that this is the system that they have paired up with AMD? Is that correct? Or yes, did I, yes. Am I, both, okay. really, PS5 and Xbox Scarlet, from what I've heard, both are going to be AMD builds in general. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's going to have a computer processor in it, just mm-hmm. like, you know, all of the systems have nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I think you could actually get up into the neighborhood of, like, actually getting up into like a Ryzen 8 core um, processor in the actual 
Xbox Scarlet, mm-hmm. maybe even you know, maybe even more. So I'd say definitely gonna have a, a pretty solid processor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as price point, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's gonna at least have like an eight core processor, maybe even 12 core. Um, so that's that's probably my guesstimation for that. Uh, let me what? see. They're saying the processor is going to be a custom AMD Zen two based CPU. Okay. So, and then graphics are going to be custom AMD Navi-based GPU. Okay. So, Adam, what do you think, man? I mean, first of all, I want to say big missed opportunity to put 10 cores in the system because it's an Xbox. Roman numeral X is... Ah! Hey! <laughs> but, hey, this guy. but jokes aside, I think we're obviously going to be seeing 4K graphics capabilities, and it's probably going to start pushing 8K, yeah, similar they, to they the way that... They came out and say it's going to be... Both consoles, really, I guess. Both are going to be scalable to 8K, when applicable, obviously. Right, because, I mean, we've seen scaling up to 4K this generation. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna bump it out one more level for the next one. Yeah. Um, don't have too much more to add there. Hopefully, we're still going to have, like, an onboard hard drive and everything's not going to be streamed. Hopefully, we're still going to have a Blu-ray reader, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah, well, that was, that was whenever before i mean even now we still don't have exactly what's going to be the physical box or what is truly going to be in it or what is going to be truly offered right off the bat from really any end but the long-running rumor for a while or the insider information was next gen xbox was going to launch with two different SKUs, where they were going to have the beefy project scarlet that we see here that they're touting we're gonna have you know 120 frames per second possible on console and it scales to 8k and Mm -hmm. we're gonna have this you know beefy processor in it and gpu for a console it's gonna be wild but then they were also gonna offer pretty much like a bare bones option in terms of you can get in and still play all of these exclusive things but it's gonna be a streaming box um so that was the big thing that was going around, say, like uh, a lot of different Windows and Xbox Central based publications were kind of zoning in saying, no, this is what we're hearing. It's going to be, they're going to have two SKUs at launch. Now they're saying that isn't the case. And it seems like Xbox has basically abandoned that. I'm thinking it's probably the tech isn't there yet, or at least they don't think the tech, what they're offering is going to be justifiable. Or, I mean, consoles usually when they launch, it's usually they're taking a loss on the console and they're just, they'll make up the money on the games, but it's, they probably also thought, wow, we're really losing a lot of money. Like it just wasn't justifiable to make it right. at least at this point. So, um, but yeah, that, the, that was the longstanding thing. I'm in the same camp as you. I definitely don't want to see that. That's my don't as well. I don't want to see anything streaming related in terms of, in terms of this is your force to do go this route. This is what you have to do because I'm still one of, like I always talk about, I'm still a physical media whore to an extent. Like I like collecting, like I bought Death Stranding at, I picked it up at 9 PM the, what was it? Thursday. Like when you could officially go and pick it up and I bought the 10 extra dollar steelbook edition just because like, I like collecting the bigger games like that. Now, granted, I still do buy like PC. I buy all my games fucking digital because that's the only way you can get it. Um, but on the Switch even, like, I do buy a lot of physical stuff, but I buy a lot of digital indies, and I buy a lot of digital stuff on both the Xbox Store and PSN. It's just, you know, for stuff like that, it's too good of a deal not to at times, but my biggest worry is still, 
what if all those services just get shut down one day or what if PSN drops or kind of like what we're seeing with Nintendo Switch right now that a lot of these people who bought all this stuff on the virtual console on Wii U similar to what they did on the Wii at least with the Wii they were able to transfer those stuff over even for you know a minimal fee or whatever yeah they're all these games that they bought at one point like A Link to the Past and you know, God knows another fucking buying another copy of Super Mario Brothers on there. Um, it's still stuff they bought and it's stuck there and now they can't get it on there. And what if all that stuff just now goes away? Almost similar right. to like the whole fiasco with Pokemon and transferring their Pokemon that they had through what is it the bank i believe that is like people have been pokemon able to, home maybe home, that's what it bank, is yeah that you've been able to transfer pokemon since like gba days so like yeah it, i get it like my biggest fear though is like what if that shit goes away then it's like all these games that i had bought online at one point are now gone or and i'm not getting anything back for it so that's my biggest fear of at least i still want to have like a physical disc at times or an option too if i there's a game i really want the you know halo infinite i'm still probably going to go buy the collector's edition because that's a game that i'm really looking forward to elder scrolls 6 when that if that ever launches <laughs> you know <laughs> like when i'll be like in the delivery room getting ready for my fiance to have our kid in 10 years and like i'll be like but uh elder scrolls 6 is finally coming out <laughs> like you know so i'll be i gotta go pick up my pre-order for the collector's edition i'll be right back i pro just hold it in for like a couple seconds just then, hold them in yeah just 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 bite down real hard and then at that point i'll get hit with like a fucking like throwing axe or something like that in the head so um <laughs> rightfully so right very much right, oh my god I, at that point like there would not be having any other children because i wouldn't have the physical means to be able to have any more children if something like that happened so um <laughs> to say the least but yeah i don't want to see that um so my expect though and this is something i expected really at bare minimum for the like half gen refresh we got with Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, these like higher end systems, 60 frames per second needs to be the minimum. Like frame lock 60 frames per second on these titles coming out. Like, and that's like, and normally that falls on the dev to really push that because here's Xbox, here's PlayStation, here's Nintendo or whatever giving you the hardware, here's your dev kit, master what is on here what you're able to physically do on this box. So it's not, it's not, you know, Xbox or, or Microsoft or Sony or anybody saying, Hey, you have to, we have to hit this. And sometimes they do like, I'm sure for Halo, uh, Master Chief collection, the one thing they were saying, like, we need, you need to make sure all this stuff is put out at 60 frames per second. Um, cause that was such a big sticking feature with that. I'm sure they wanted to push that, especially whenever, at least correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, like I remember when they were showing off that game and, on the E3 stage, they had their pro team out there that they were really pushing behind this saying, you know, we want to build this to actually have a competitive base. Obviously that didn't work out right at the beginning, but that was something that they wanted. Didn't they push for like, we need to, if we want to play this game competitively, it needs to be at 60 frames per second bar none. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something that, you know, they were hoping for and they were pushing for. And and really, they um, did. I mean, for the most part, it really, outside of like, you know, you're playing on Zanzibar or something where it chugs like a fucking train, you know, it's, uh, the rest of it's pretty good, or at least gets damn near close. Um, but at the same time, like, my big thing is, that's great that you're pushing, you see Microsoft saying, hey, we're gonna, we could hit up to, you know, 
4K 120 and all this stuff. Okay, we'll make it consistent. Do me this. Lock it. If you can do 1080 60 and lock that in, because there's a lot of like lower end PCs that can do 1080 60 no problem at this point. Um, right. The text there where it's like you're paying basically as much, maybe even less than a lot of these consoles, and they're doing a much better performance. Granted, it's because it's scalable and different things like that, and you could have more hands-on with how you want to scale your experience. But at the same time, like if it's still putting out 1080 and it's still doing 60, like and it's like basically a locked 60 for the most part, you could do that at a much better price point with a PC. And obviously different experiences, what have you. But Microsoft always pushes, especially Microsoft, they've been pushing this PC experience with Xbox One X, with the way they're approaching next-gen saying, hey, you know, we're building this beefy console that you're going to be able to do all this stuff on a scalable, this and that. Okay, we'll back it up and at least do the bare minimum of pushing your devs that you, at least with your first-party studios, all of your games at least need to run 1080 60 because there have been times this past gen that even though the tech's been there, I just think it fell on the dev to we're more worried about the resolution than we're getting out than the stability of the frame rate. And to me, I just expect it to be at this point, we need to be at 60 frames per second. I yeah, uh, maybe the that's new maybe that duty does not run 60 frames. We, I mean, this has been chronicled, I've talked about this at mm-hmm. length with our review, but yeah, I mean, that's a game that comes to mind when it's like. Yeah, should it really be 60 frames per second? Obviously, duh, but it's not. It doesn't even come close for me over half the games. Never is it even close to that. No, 100%. That's a problem. I'm spending $60 on a AAA title, and I have a system that a lot of people have. It should be running better. Right, especially to, like, base Xbox One consoles. For quite a while, like, they struggled to output to, like, 1080. And, like, a lot of games were really, excuse me, a lot of games were really running at like 720. You just wouldn't see it on the back end. They'd be switching your settings and having it run at 720 just to be able to run it well. And it's mostly because it's not necessarily optimized the game end. So I just hope Microsoft would take a stand to kind of say, hey, if we're touting all of this, we want you to at least get to this point because we're wanting to offer a scalable experience, a PC-esque experience, at least in my right. end. That's what I'm picking up from what they're saying. So, um, But more of a want, at least on my end, I expect that stuff, but more of a want on my end. In the same vein, like I want to have more accessibility and scalability with the consoles, like I'm talking about in a PC performance. Like I, I would love to be able to go into the back end of my console and in the like settings menu and stuff like that and really tool with some of the things that i'm able to do if i want to overclock my g or my cpu in there i could do it i have the option to it's my xbox or whatever you know or at least have more than just a blanket performance mode that a lot of them have built in that you could turn on and off more or less if they're offering or if they're approaching like i said a more pc experience with scarlet or at least the scarlet family possibly that I'd love to see them actually like back that up with a very much so. If you want to get in there, here it is. Here's the actual innards of, you know, from at least a software end you can go in and do not actually open up the box because then that really gets into your warranty and whatnot and, you know, stay away from that. But more or less them giving you more options to tinker with the box you have. I, I don't think we'll see it, but it would be nice. It'd be cool. But anyways... Moving on, features, gimmicks. So we're talking like, you know, the Switch's portability or 
unfortunately, again, the Xbox Xbox One's Connect, which you know what's <laughs> weird? Like, I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a, I think it was on Reddit. I saw it. Somebody posted that like there's like WalMarts and like different retail stores that actually use those Connect for like security cameras. I, I shit, wouldn't you, doubt it. I, I shit you not. Them. I shit you not. I'll have to try to find it. If I find it, I'll make sure I throw it in the description of the show wherever you get it. But it's it was like crazy. The one, <laughs> some guy just took a picture of like that's a fucking Xbox One Connect that just hanging. <laughs> the, like it, the tech of the Connect actually was pretty like crazy when you look at it. The things it was able to pick up with the camera that was built into it, but it was just kind of fucking nonsense if you ask me <laughs> um so on my end i'll just since i kind of rolled into it i expect there not to be any peripherals and kind of like with xbox scarlet at least for two reasons like gimmicky style peripherals like the connect and this is for two reasons one obviously the backlash they faced kind of forcing you to buy the connect that like six i think it was what was it like six months later like by the time you bought your xbox one mike they just stopped doing that. They were like, you could buy it without the connect now. Cause you, yeah. you bought yours without the connect. Correct. That's that is correct. Okay. Yeah. So they obviously heard the backlash from that. Um, but also too, like I keep talking about, it's they're focused on high end gaming, like a PC approach that they don't need that stuff. Like sure. You know, I would want for my want, I would hope there'd be an option for VR down the road if they want to kind of upgrade what they have there. Kind of like what PS4 did with both their base model and pro model. You could, they were able to integrate VR into it via, you know, another peripheral that you buy with, you know, the the processing unit for that was, you know, you bought it in the package that came with it on top of the VR headset, but it was expandable. Like you were able to add on to that, not you know, at launch, that's okay with me. I'm cool with that. But like, I just can't, it doesn't fit with their wording. It doesn't fit with their marketing. It doesn't fit with anything that they're doing and the way that they're kind of pushing towards getting back into being the, the game console, first and foremost, the game console that you want to buy, not the Xbox one, the all in one entertainment box, you know, like, no, no, I could watch Netflix on whatever. So it's like, they're more worried about here's, you know, we want you to play games here. You can get all your games on Game Pass. We can do all this. You know, we, we've got the most powerful console in the world coming out right now. Here you go. Like, play games on it. So, I just fully expect them not to have a peripheral with it. So, what do you guys think? What what are Give me your wants, ex- expectations, whatever have you. And really, your don'ts if you don't want to see stuff. Adam, kick us off here. I don't think Microsoft has the creativity to come up with, like, a good gimmick that's not just (laughs) aping from another console they're not nintendo like at the end of the day nintendo to me is the only one who can i mean neither is sony like they have they have a vr thing going on so which is profitable and it's good like people like it and it is justifiable (laughs) and people are buying it and liking it like they're seeing growth with that yeah so if anything i think that would be the one direction that the xbox could go Mm -hmm. um you know, they're not Nintendo. They're not playing around with their control schemes or their form factor. I mean, neither is Sony, really. You know, they they were the first of the big three to go to VR. And they followed the Wii with the move stuff. So, like, neither of them are really big innovators on those kind of gimmicks. But mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to see a Microsoft VR. Because we could get, I mean, 
if you started getting compatibility from a bunch of games in their back catalog, like I don't know if you've played Alien Isolation or oh, yeah. seen any of that stuff. I, played I started in playing it. Great game. Shit like that would be uh, pretty amazing. So that'd be cool. That'd be something I would like to see. The I, I'll still to this day. And I think I said it last week on the show when we were talking about our top games from the past decade. I still think Resident Evil 7, the way that they implemented VR into that game should be, not the standard, but that should be what you aim for. If you're doing a VR, like a VR mode or extension of your game, and it's, you know, built in a way like Resident Evil 7, where it's a first-person shooter, or kind of like Skyrim did, but I think Resident Evil 7 the polish and the presentation and the accessibility while playing that were just mm. bar none, the best experience. Like that is, that's the, that's the bar. Here's the bar. Look at that. That should be shown to anybody who is designing large scale VR games, I guess not necessarily the smaller VR titles, which like maybe like Tetris effect or something like that, which are great, but more of the, this is a large scale experience. Your Skyrims, your, your Fallout 4 VR, like, look at what they did. The polish and everything that goes on with this, aim for this. This should be the standard, so... But I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Also, too, I found... (laughs) I found the fucking... I found the fucking Xbox uh, Kinect thing. Here, I'll send it over in Discord. (laughs) Like, it still has the fucking Xbox logo on it. Like, look at that fucker. Oh my god. (laughs) Like it just they probably just like repurposed the demo like Xbox ones they had or whatever. Oh yeah, is what I'm guessing. Well, that's you know actually I mean? like that's actually now looking at this. That's TSA. TSA is now using Xbox One connects for surveillance in the Newark airport. Good job, tech. Slow clap, Microsoft. And then the wow. the next fucking tweet that the guy puts out, they still have the Xbox logo, by the way. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> just fucking zoomed in on it. That's great. I I have to imagine there was just a surplus of these oh my like God. Yeah, cheap nobody unwanted fucking wanted shit. Yeah. Like I actually I take I found mine like a year ago, like buried beneath like like all the like wires and shit that I have, like in like my kind of random tech like little bundle thing in the back of my room like and i found it all just like underneath there covered in dust and i'm just like well this was a thing at one point like they <laughs> still have the fucking like in the xbox one or one s and x's i believe they still have the i can't remember what the what the like uh plug is for it i can't remember what it even is the tech for it or that you plug in for it. it's not usb so but it's it just baffles my mind that that was still a fucking thing, like a forced thing. Like you gotta have this. <laughs> so, Adam, anything else to add before we move on to Mike? Nothing else there. All right, Mike, hit me with it. what? What do you? What would you expect, want, or don't want to see when we're talking features, gimmicks, stuff like that with Xbox? Yeah, uh, I mean, basically for me, uh, what I want to see is just like crossplay with PC. Mm-hmm. Um. I basically think, like, if you shell out the money for Xbox Scarlet, you should be able to just plug your mouse and keyboard in and play against, like, PC players on the same, on, like, this, in basically almost a similar way. It depends on the price point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've heard some rumblings that it's not going to be that expensive, so I don't know if that's that realistic, you know what I mean? Actually, but, here, here, I want to hear from you guys, too, since you just hit on that and we're right here. 
from the hip, what do you guys think? What what price point are we looking at for both next gen consoles? Because I think they're going to launch. They're both going to launch, and they're both going to be the same price point. Um, what do you guys think? I think I don't think I think five hundred dollars, like four ninety nine, is going to be the sweet spot. I don't think That's it goes. What I was thinking too. I don't think it goes over that. I don't think it goes under that though, because I think with the tech that they're putting in, it'd be a loss as it is already, but. I think it'd be a much, much bigger loss, like than what they're looking at on a spreadsheet. Mike, what do you think? Um, I think I, you said nine hundred. If I can. Oh no, no, no! I said uh, four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Five hundred. Scarlet yeah. or the base model of Xbox. Just what? Because I think it's only going to be one SKU that they're putting out now. I don't. Okay, I don't sure. think they're doing that two SKU middle. Because originally I had heard rumblings that they're going to have that five hundred dollar model or whatever the the beefy model, but then they're going to have like a $200 entry model that just a okay. string. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. I don't think it's going to get much crazier than 500 uh, for sure. I know previously in a, in a previous episode, I kind of uh, let it out there that I was considering the fact that it could wind up being somewhere in the $800 region, mm-hmm. but that would cause, I don't even know riots. that it would be, <laughs> I don't think it would be riots because I mean, if we're being real here, mm-hmm. if you gave people the option to go cheaper, like, I don't think people would be as upset about it as you would think. Oh, no. I, if you had multiple, I think, personally, if you had multiple, like, SKUs for it, like we're like you're saying, if we have a huge, beefy model for those people who want it, who want that PC scalable experience where they're getting, you know, 4K high frames, here it is. It's 800 bucks or whatever. But don't worry. You can still get in and play with us at 300 bucks or whatever. I think people would be like, okay, cool. Like, that's kind of where that's kind of where I was headed with this. But again, that that's a ton of stress on Xbox and Microsoft right out the gate. Like making sure they have two SKUs that are working. And like that does sound like a lot of work. So I don't think that would happen. But um, obviously it's not because if we haven't heard anything about it, it's probably not happening. But mm-hmm. I do agree with you guys. Like, right in the five hundred dollar region is probably fair. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. You just hit on that. No, you're good. I, man. I want. I was just curious what you guys thought. But go ahead. You can continue. Uh, that's. I mean, besides like the crossplay situation, mm-hmm. um, all I'm really hoping for is like real land. So on Microsoft's consoles now with Xbox, one of the reasons why they lost the Call of Duty deal mm-hmm. is because they didn't implement like being able to local local area network connect their devices. Uh, it was a later update that they put in uh, through the operating system. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, um, it's not like a legit local area network. It's kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like, yeah, it's just like a mirrored land system, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just kind of makes you, uh, makes the system trick itself into thinking it's land. It's almost like the Xbox Connect days where, you oh boy! Could trick your system into thinking it was <laughs> connecting to another system via LAN. Oh, that Xbox Connect. Case. Okay, I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, wait, what? No, XBC. <laughs> no, XBC. Yes, yes, XBC. I remember back in the day because that was before I was allowed to get Xbox Live. I was like, it's like motherfucker, I could sneak in and get on here and play Halo CE with people, and I don't even have to have live. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. the original way to play Halo CE online. That's right, baby. <laughs> that is right. So, no, but that would, I, that'd be sweet. I mean, being, having to be able to have that possibility would be dope. And like, I don't think it's that far fetched by any means for sure. Yeah, so. definitely not. So moving into services. So we're talking like 
you know, what could be offered content-wise outside of gaming. We're also talking any streaming services for gaming, downloadable services like Xbox Game Pass, where that could go. Uh, what you don't want to see with that, you guys hit me with it. Mike, you start off since Adam did last time. What What do you want to see, expect to see, or don't want to see in general for streaming services and services in general on the next Xbox? I don't really like the idea of kind of what you said where you kind of stream the games right from a, a server and you don't actually have the games on your hard drive that would be not ideal i don't i don't think that would be very good so no bueno definitely no bueno. i definitely i definitely side with you there i don't think that's, that's at least as the uh, main like hey this is what we're viewing as a main tenant for how you're going to access our games Exactly. I don't think that's very good. I don't think it will be beneficial to many people. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if you're going to make a console dirt cheap and allow people to, you know, sneak in the door at, at a minimum, um, mm -hmm. maybe it's something that you can kind of consider at least. But yeah. yeah, I definitely don't think it should be like the mainstay, if you will, of the console. No, definitely. Anything else to add with that? What you want to see or hope to see, but expect to see stuff like that? Okay, so let me just backtrack a little bit on the LAN feature. Okay. Based on them losing the Call of Duty deal the way they did in the previous generation because they didn't have LAN on their systems, mm -hmm. I would 100% expect them to fix this issue because they lost their identity. Like Their biggest thing coming into the Xbox One was like, yeah, Halo was kind of suffering, but people were like, yeah, I'm willing to give this another go if you can kind of revive Halo. And everyone mm -hmm. was excited about MCC. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to run tournaments on Master Chief Collection. We're going to, you know, revive the golden days. And the system didn't even have land, so you're connecting online to each other, and there were right. so many issues. I'm just like, I'm doubling down on the fact that there has to be local area network support on the console. Mm -hmm. A solid state drive is almost required at this point. Um, great processor, like I said. A solid graphics card. Um, and, I mean, if... Let's just say, like, I hope the USB... I don't want it to kind of run on like a mirrored like Windows operating system. I think that would be really strange and I don't know that it would work that well. Right. But I want it just to have like basic USB support like it does now. Mm -hmm. Whereas you like the original Xbox ones had a, a huge issue with the disc trays not really working. Dude, my I'm, my first Xbox one that I bought got it home that night, put Call of Duty Ghosts in, didn't read the disc awesome yeah i remember having to i went back there like first thing that morning because i was off that day i was just like i was like you need to fucking exchange this right now <laughs> i just yeah. paid six hundred dollars for all this shit exactly and, and in I, college I just, i'm like that's that's everything that's all i have <laughs> yeah and i'm thinking like they just need to avoid any monumental with this new system where it's like they just avoid all like anything that that could be so detrimental that there's like like I mean, red rings of death, things of that nature. That's all unforeseen issues that obviously they had. They didn't that you can't foresee that type of failure. Mm -hmm. But like simple things as your disc being read by the disc drive, like that's not that hard to do right. Can we just like call a spade a spade and say that like it's really not that hard to make sure your hardware fucking works? Like, is that so hard to yeah. ask? Yeah, I mean, so, real realistically, that's two launches with Xbox back to back that shit's gone wrong with the hardware not working and being defective the red rings of death with xbox 360 right off the bat were literally it was like 50 percent of xbox 360s that went out like had the issue 
Yeah, and like people like me, like I had it like three times on the same Xbox, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. exchange it until it happened three times. So once it happened three times, like I was like excited because obviously I'm getting a new Xbox, so yeah. the issue won't like won't persist anymore. Like I'm finally in the clear here. This right. is great, but yeah, like you just can't have shit like that happen in this day and age. You just can't. Right. No, definitely, a hundred percent agree. Adam, you still there? I'm still here. So we're talking about services now, and I gotta ask: Is Microsoft still collecting rent? What do you mean? For you to be online on their platform and play games online, are they still collecting? Like, what is it? Fifty bucks a month for gold? Oh yeah, no, 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 no! It's not. It's like, I think it's fifty bucks for the year for gold. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I meant to say a year. I, I didn't think it was that crazy. <laughs> no, but yes, you are charged to play online for, you know, I'm sure for server upkeep and stability with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could do away with that. <laughs> so, I already pay for an internet connection. Do I need, do I really need to play to, to access things that are on the internet? No, no, no. We don't think you're getting on here to play with anyone. You give Phil Spencer that coin right now. (laughs) It's funny you actually bring that up. Like, my point, and I'll just touch on it and let you finish. My point is very kind of in the same vein as yours, that if you're paying for it, uh, there better be some fucking hefty, you know, incentives to do so. But go ahead, continue. Uh, so that's like a semi-serious one, but on a more serious note, um, services on the system, I have to side with Mike here. I, I really don't want to see the, like, straight streaming platform that, like, Stadia, for instance, is going for Mm -hmm. coming to the Xbox. Did you guys happen to see that launch lineup for it, too? I, I haven't. It's for Stadia? Yeah. I haven't, no. Here, let me, let me pull it up real quick. Um, it is very light and it's not like, it's not like, oh, you're subscribing to Stadia and you get all this. It's just, you could buy your games that way through Stadia. Let me, Uh um, it's only got like 12 games. Yeah. It's 11 games. Uh, here we go. Launch day lineup. Here are all the titles arriving on November 19th. More games available to play soon. So we got Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Destiny 2, Guilt, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead 2, Samurai Showdown, Thumper, and all three Tomb Raider games, the new gen ones, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Right. And those are games you have to, like, buy. It's not, hey, we're, uh, you know, you're getting in for this X amount of month, you know, not like, uh xbox game pass where you're paying a monthly subscription to download these games and have access to all these games netflix style it's no you're just able to buy the game and like stream it you know whenever you want yeah i don't know it's just i feel like it's a appealing to a market that doesn't really exist because if you live in a place that has good enough internet for this to work for you to not have terrible latency Mm -hmm you probably already have enough money to just buy a console. You don't need to stream it. Like if your internet is good enough that you could, that this could be viable, you could afford to just give it a pass. That's all I have to say about streaming consoles in general. And I agree. I mean, I understand the, 
I understand the like place for game or experiences like Project X Cloud or uh, the remote play for on uh, PlayStation. Like that's a little different to me where it's like you already have the system and you already have the, you know, you already own an Xbox, you already own a PlayStation 4, and you're going out on the road and you don't want to drag that with you. Here's this free option that you have that you can play these games. You're, you can still take your games on the go, and it's a good enough service. And with, like I talked about a couple weeks ago on our, um, bless you by the way, um, as we talked, or as I talked about a couple weeks ago with Project xCloud, my experience using a preview build with it, it's it's great. I mean, Project xCloud is more than okay like good enough it is it is very good and it's a very viable option to be able to do that and i understand the allure of stadia too of people who don't want to necessarily well i don't want to pay for a console and this and that but you still have to buy their controller and you can use their or you can use like an xbox one playstation 4 controller i believe as well but it's it's one of those situations where not all of like their controller is very specific for the games that are put out in the bindings that are set for those games. <laughs> so like you can't always like some buttons. I don't think you'll be able to like hit using one of those. So you're like kind of forced to buy a stadia controller. That's that weird. It's just like if you're buying that and like, it's one thing if you're paying a monthly subscription and as like just an ancillary service. And if you're not, it's like, I just can't see that as the viable, like, this is my go-to way of gaming, where it's very unreliable in terms of, yeah, if I'm playing at home on a wired connection and this and that, the latency is probably pretty good, because overall, I would trust Google with their infrastructure for, you know, uh, for network, things like that, where it's like Microsoft, like they have the pit of money where it's just, they're Scrooge McDucking. They have the money to back up the demand for the servers or this and that. But at the same time, it just, for me, if you're already spending $60 on the game, you're already spending another probably $60 on the controller or whatever it is. Plus the, there's some kind of membership you do have to buy to be able to play online. You're looking at getting into like 150 bucks. You could just buy the console and then have that same experience on top of a stable experience at home like you, you get what i'm saying like it just yeah, seems I guess so. it just seems to be there's they're seeming to push this it's tech that i just one don't think it's ready for mass consu- mass consumption yet because still the vast majority of american households don't have access to the internet that you'd probably want to have to consistently have that stable connection to justify doing something like this as your primary form. But it just, to me, it, it just continuously seems like an ancillary on like an additional, you know, side. This is just, Oh, well, what I'm out and about, I have stadia, I guess, but even though I'm $150 in or whatever to stadia to play these games, you know, at the end of the day, it just seems, it doesn't seem like a viable first option. So I'm with you when it comes to that stuff. Um, in terms of like, for and that was very long winded. I'm sorry about that. Um, That's fine. Um, it's service our show. We do what we want. Yeah, you know what? 
Fuck all you. If you're listening to this, I know you're listening to it because we, I've seen viewers go up. We're getting good data. Thank you also for doing that. But you know what? I'll tell I'll tell stories about going to the fucking movie theater and people like shitting in their pants there or whatever. Because it's my fucking show. Actually, real quick, real quick. I didn't have as much of a, experience, a crazy experience this week or this past weekend going to the movies. Because uh, we saw Dr. Sleep, which is fucking fantastic if you love The Shining it's not The Shining in the sense of the way it's shot and cinematography and the approach of the movie, but it is a very, very good movie in general and a great continuation of that world and that story that Stephen King built. I definitely recommend it. But I did have one kind of experience that pissed off my fiance because she's like, why the fuck would you do that? So <laughs> we get up and we get into, you know, we get into the AMC in Greensburg, PA. We get up, we're waiting in line, and there's like a line because now they sell the movie or the tickets at the concession stands. So there's like a line wrapped around the old ticket booth, and it's very clearly that there's a line there. Like it's one of those like just looking, and you see people. People aren't just gonna wait around in a certain area to like just wait around because that's the fun thing to do when they're out at a movie theater or something. Like it, you wouldn't see that at Walmart. Unless people are in line to check out or get something like obvious. It's just one of those. It's a very obvious like observation to make. So we get up. We're in line. And there's like this girl who like she kind of comes from the side. But they were kind of ahead of us. So she like waits over. But she was ahead of us. So I just let her go or whatever. (sighs) Old Boomer Boomhauer. Oh, God. Struts around the left side. The opposite side of the line of, you know, where the ticket booth is. He goes around the left side, looks over, sees that there is a line, looks back, looks back at us again, and then looks back at the line and just kind of shrugs his shoulders and stands there. Doesn't walk around and get in the line. And I look at Molly and I was like, she's like, what? I said. I know what's going to happen. She's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, I was like, I just, just trusting you get ready to move because I'm not letting this fucking guy in front of us. So sure enough, after that girl goes, he starts to take a step forward. Like, fuck. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> These fucking He's idiots over here. Move, huh? I've been living on this world for 50 years, 50 years. How long have you been here? What? 26. <laughs> oh buddy. I've been seeing movies since you were before a glimmer in your daddy's eye. Let me tell you. And somebody actually did tell me that at work one time, one of our fans who came to a basketball game. Um, So anyways, but I saw him take that step. I fucking booked it. Like I was fucking, uh, what's his name from the bears back in the day, (laughs) taking a kickoff or a punt return to the house. Who, who am I talking? Devin Hester. Yeah. Devin Hester was the bear. Yeah. The one who was good at, yeah, I was like him. Fucking getting the ball, I fucking booked it. Like, somebody fucking lit a fire under my ass. Like, Mario and Mario 64, when Bowser torches him, he's like, Woo-hoo-hoo! Like, I fucking booked it up there and just fucking, like, Rubbin's racing, got in front of him. And the girl who was, like, getting her stuff to, like, move on, who was in front of us, was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry, did I cut in front of you? And it was one of those things that I said that I'm like, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Like, I didn't think, I was thinking it, it just kind of rolled out my mouth. 
and I said it loud. I was like, oh, no, 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 you weren't, you weren't in front, or you didn't come in front of, you were in front of us. He wasn't. And, like, <laughs> kind of pointed at <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> called him out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, Molly just doesn't say anything. She just walks over. <laughs> like, because I had gotten, I had, like, already been like, yeah, we need to get our tickets printed out, and uh, we want to get a large drink. So he set the large drink, like, cup there. And she, like, instantly grabbed it and, like, booked it over to, like, start filling out the drink. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm in the shitter. Uh, but luckily, Boomhauer didn't fucking see, like, say anything. Because he did look like Boomhauer. I'm not just saying that because he was a boomer. But he was very much like, because I heard him talking to He went to, like, the next one. Still cut in front of everyone else. Just went to the next one that opened up. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about those things on here if we want to. So, and that derailed us even more. <laughs> um, so, anyways, but yeah. I love your your tales from the movie theaters. I, I think that's going to be a staple from now on. I'll, I'll remember, too, if anything comes up, any of these fucking weird and stupid incidents that happened in my life. Because uh, I deal with, for my job, I deal with people every day. I deal with the public. And it is the fucking worst. I mean, I, <laughs> I love, I love, I love what I do. And it's not any of the people I work with. It's like. And they'll say the same thing. Dealing with people, you 90% of them who you deal with the public are just stupid. They are just fucking idiots because they want to be spoon-fed shit. And you could tell them that the sky is blue and they'll argue it that it's fucking tangerine colored. So, um, <laughs> anyways, getting off topic. Services. I agree. I don't want to see a primary form. They could have streaming, whatever. Like, if you want to have that as an ancillary thing, I don't want to see it first and foremost. But the big thing that I was going to touch on is that with how Microsoft is handling Xbox Live recently and them pushing to get you into Xbox or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, where it bundles both those services for, you know, I think it's $15 a month, which is still a good deal if you're thinking of the games alone. Like, that's great. That's still only... It costs you a couple games a year and you get access to 200 plus at any time. And there are actually like quality games that are on there. Um, but my thing is the way that they're doing that right now, they're always offering these services or these deals that are saying, hey, you can come in and you can get this deal that if you merge your accounts, we can you can do it for a dollar and you get Xbox Game Pass for, you know, the in for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate in for a dollar for the next month. When really what they're doing is they're actually merging your accounts, but they're giving you, like, if I had, so I lucked out. I had 12 months of Xbox or Xbox Live left. I bought, I got a card or whatever for Xbox Live uh, for 12 months that I got for, I think it was like my birthday or something like that. So I had all this time left. So I did that for when Gears 5 rolled around. Here, what they did was they merged that. And they just bought me into whatever I had left. So I don't have to pay for Game Pass or Xbox Live until my service is up. So I have that free for nine months or whatever now, which is great. That's awesome. But they're going to start. I have a feeling with how they're wanting to get people in early on this, they're going to eliminate one of them, whether it's Game Pass or Xbox Live. They're going to make that just one entity like you're going to get the game pass service and live built into one i i have a feeling that's going to happen my big thing with that is if they're going to do that and they're going to force people to basically do that service like if you want to play online you have to buy into this kind of like playstation plus in that same regard that playstation plus does i want to see xbox do that similar where hey if they kind of do it now with gold but 
it's it's definitely not justifiable. PlayStation, to be fair, does a really great job of this where I want to see them. If they're forcing a lot of people who are like Mike, who say have been with, had Xbox Live for 14 years or Xbox Live for like 14 years now. If they're forcing those people to go down this avenue and get a new service and can't be grandfathered into anything, they better offer a lot of great perks with this. Like, I want to see discount. Like, you get 20% off of all accessories you buy through us. Like, if you want to get a new controller, boom, we got you covered. We'll give you a 20% off discount on whatever the MSRP for a controller is, 60 bucks or whatever. So you're saving $12 on your controller. Great. That's actually pretty viable. Cool. Or, you know... Any game that you want, you can get uh, the Ultimate Edition for the price of the standard or whatever. Like, you get what I'm saying. There better be a yeah. lot of incentive for these people who have held off for so long going into different situations like that. Um, and PlayStation has done that now because they're actually – Sony started cutting out the middleman now that you could just go through Sony to buy if you want Xbox – or uh, PlayStation games, uh, any kind of controller system or anything where – Microsoft doesn't now, but you're still kind of required to go through third parties and things like that, like Best Buy and whatnot. And you can replace products through there, but it's now becoming like, hey, we're eliminating the middleman so we can give you a better deal, but you have to do business directly through us, through our services. Um, so if Xbox and Microsoft are doing that, great. It's still a good deal, but at the same time, you're forcing a lot of people to do this. There better be justification for this. Kind of like... When pe- whenever they really start pushing Xbox Live and you have to have gold, you can't have silver, you can't have all this, like, you need to have gold if you want to do anything online with us. People are like, well, what the fuck? Now I got to end up paying more for this? Like, okay, you know what? We'll do Xbox games with gold. So we'll give you a free game a month. Like, I want to see more of that stuff. Um, so, right. At least on my end. So let's head into controller. What do you guys want to see with the controller? I personally think just kind of shooting from the hip to kind of start the discussion. I think the Xbox One, and I've said it before, the Xbox One controller I think is one of the best controllers of all time from a feel, from a layout, from everything, the way it sits in your hand. The the triggers feel great. They're really responsive, at least on my end. The one fucking thing that I can't stand about this controller and what I pray to God Microsoft does next gen, and they people have been fucking doing this for whatever now um you know it's only been done for the past 10 years build an internal battery in your fucking controller like let me just recharge it i don't want to buy double a batteries i don't want to like oh my god yeah like how i didn't realize we're in fucking 2004 like let me let me let me run down to dollar general and grab my double a batteries and come back here pop them in man i got them door sales like no i want to just let me be like a civilized human and fucking plug in you know even if like you can now too you could just plug in a usb a usb micro cable into there granted they better be going to usb c when they move on because that's just should be the fucking standard for everything um but it just boggles my mind that even if the battery isn't that great i'd still take the ability to just charge my fucking controller at any time, like every other console in the fucking world does on every platform instead of using fucking double A batteries or triple A or whatever. Like no, just build a battery in it. Like (laughs) I don't care if it lasts like only like six or seven hours. Cool. I'll just fucking plug it in and let it charge while I'm playing still. But at least I don't got to worry about fucking buying double A batteries. Like 
I'm going out for my fucking uh, Nintendo Wii or whatever. So, what do you guys think? What do you want to see from a controller? Do you want it to stay the same? You know, move on and do something different? Or, you know, spit the truth here. Mike, you started off. Um, I think, you know, at first I wasn't the biggest fan of the Xbox One controller. But over time it has gotten better. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy it a little bit more now. Um overall uh i i agree with you i think that just having a rechargeable battery in it is so much better that we should really be moving to that method that methodology um like you said you can plug in a cord now but i mean really okay cool but still i have to go out and buy double a's if i want to use it wirelessly whatever that's stupid ps4 already has rechargeable batteries like get your shit together type thing i agree there um i just think like just don't go crazy and they never really have. So I'm not, a, I'm not worried about them going crazy, mm-hmm. but you already have a good base. You had a great Xbox 360 controller. I just don't think you need to go wild and, and be too innovative with it besides just making the technology better. And like you said, going to USB-C uh, is imperative at this point in time. They really need to make that change. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I mean, cause it really, it's most tech. Like I would, I would, honestly say maybe like 75% of tech that's coming out now is just being like, no, USB-C is the standard. That's what we're moving forward with our peripheral, like any use of our peripherals and whatnot. So Adam, what do you think my man? Keep it simple. Just, just keep it basically the way it is. Uh, give me a lithium battery with a USB-C connector. That's basically all I have to say. Yeah. I, I, there's not much to say on the controller. Like as long as just give me a quality build, of it like you would expect from the actual like you know actual hardware manufacturer from microsoft from playstation from nintendo like you're getting a good build quality you're not getting the fucking mad cats controller that your little brother has been like shitting on for three years and they're like to use all our xbox days yeah as long as the build quality is there and the layout stays the same at least on the xbox end i think it's great you know i've talked about before i love the dualshock 4 controller to an extent, I hate the thumbsticks not being offset. I think offset thumbsticks are the superior way, and I hope that Xbox never changes that. I don't think they I will. I don't think they will. I, they've never given me any reason to believe that that would happen either. You know what I mean? No, because but I, I they've heard so much. Yeah, because they've heard so much. Like so many people be like, especially on the competitive side from like you guys, like a lot of people are like, I never have to worry about my thumbs knocking into each other. I never have to worry about anything. Like it just feels natural when you grab onto that. It's just such a natural feel to it where, you know, you never have to worry about, you know, messing with it, bumping the D pad or something like that. Comparative to on PlayStation, you know, they're right there. Your thumbs sometimes knock into each other or they're slipping and you're hitting a D pad. Everything's right there for you. You know, nothing's in the way. Everything's laid out logically for the most part. Um, So here we get to the interesting part. And I think the part that most people look forward to whenever you kind of do these, you know, what if and what you're hypothesizing, you're looking towards the future, especially with next gen. The big thing is people want to talk about the games. Give me some good games, you know, let's talk launch window games and we'll stick it to, you know, let's stick to the first year. I think that's fair. Just not uh, the first year of next gen for Xbox. What are we going to expect? What do we want to see? What would we expect to see? And what don't we want to see? Um, Bring FASA Studio back from the dead and make another Shadowrun FPS. 
By God, from the top rope already! By God, Adam comes through from the top rope already! Um, did you guys watch that video I sent you? I didn't get a I chance to. Um, I'm gonna watch it tonight though. I really do want to watch that. Um, because Shadowrun so is fucking amazing. One cool highlight I found out from that is that it technically wasn't the first cross-platform game. It was the first cross-platform FPS. I think it was preceded by like one month prior to the announcement by Final Fantasy XI, I want to say. Yes, that, that was. That was on Windows and 360. Yep. But it was cross-platform almost by accident. It was something that the publisher put on them like late in the game mm -hmm. so that they could get uh, enough marketing dollars to like put the game in front of people's eyes. And then what it ended up being was like way less than people were expecting. They were expecting a single player campaign. They were expecting more maps, more modes, but it was just like, uh, it fell a bit flat of that. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. That would be, if we saw another shadow run, I think for what shadow run did in, 2000 what six i think that was six or seven no six it was definitely six do you remember just grinding the demo oh my I god do. yeah being a broke ass bitch like you know dumb little kid being like well i can't fucking afford this game right now yeah oh my god they have a non-time demo like let's fucking go doggy you play this online let's go baby like another uh another neat tidbit from that video was that the demo population was often much bigger than the retail population that doesn't like, shock me and i'm sure that's like a big reason why a lot of demos aren't around anymore at least they failed to convert people because the value prop like you weren't gaining much more by buying the game unfortunately right that's that's what i mean like examples like that are probably why a lot of demos have kind of faded away right now um yeah but god Shadowrun would be because it, it was uh, so advanced for its time i mean it was like any, very much ahead of its time if any of the listeners are interested th this video i'm talking about is by i want to say it's by the nerd slayer i think that his series is called death of a game mm -hmm. i'll, I'll make sure i put it in the description of the show so everyone can check that out um so what yep, it's it's the nerd slayer death of a game so what else what else what are you what do you expect to see? What are you kind of wanting to see? What do you hope you don't see? Give me give me a couple different options here outside of Shadowrun, because obviously I think we all feel very strongly about that one. I mean, obviously we're looking to see... I don't know if it's going to be ready for launch time, but like Halo Infinite? No, it is. It's for sure launching with... they. Okay. And they were very... That's the only game that's been confirmed for, at least to my knowledge, first party-wise... That's the only game that's confirmed, like, yes, this is launching alongside our next-gen Xbox. That's straight up, this is it. So, okay. um, that is confirmed release date. It's it's launching with, alongside Project Scarlet. So, that's a given. That's, that's already for sure happening. And if that doesn't happen, there's a big fucking problem. <laughs> so, that's all I got so far. I don't know what else is, like, forthcoming that would have to be on... How about another game made by uh, Obsidian? See, I kind of thought about that, and I was thinking, obvious, like, obviously there's going to be an Outer Worlds too, considering, one, the ability that Obsidian now has with the bank account from Microsoft and whatnot, but also, too, the sales of Outer Worlds have been fucking stellar for what they expected it to be, especially coming from 2K's private division of their small smaller publishing label that they are 
far exceeding from what it sounds like their expectations. So obviously Microsoft is seeing this now. I'm sure like, fuck, we got a bona fide hit. Let's, we're going to milk this. And especially now being able to throw more development money at them that I'm sure private division was offering being right. fucking Microsoft having deep Scrooge McDuck pockets. So, um, no, I, I think that is, I was thinking about that. Could it be almost like a Majora's mask style situation where, okay, we had a smash hit with Ocarina of Time on the N64. We kind of want to, they started doing their expansion for it, for the disk drive. That obviously, you know, didn't go as planned and that didn't happen. But um, at the same time, like, they were like, well, we want to follow up to something with this. So they basically built the game in, what, a year, I believe? And you reusing a lot of assets and polishing a few things and changing things up and really building from what already they had. Almost what it looks like Breath of the Wild sequel is going to be on there. I think that, that I think that's a possibility, especially with us not hearing a ton of, you know, info on games that are going to be available at launch for this system. Right. Or at least in the launch window. Um, I expect, at least on my end, one thing obviously that I expect with all these games to launch with, there's going to be whatever the next call of duty is. That's going to be a given that it's going to launch alongside that. Um, like all of them have in the past. Uh, the next Assassin's Creed, I believe is going to be cross gen from what I've heard and what I've seen it. All, everything's indicating that it's probably going to be um, in terms of actual Microsoft games. For sure, I think we're going to see the next mainline Forza. Not Horizon, but like Motorsport, the like super simi worm. I think... <coughs> oh, oh, you got something in your throat? You want to you wanna Forza. spit? Oh, my, that's right. Forza, Forza Motorsport, governor. Oi, oi, where you fishing chip? You will swing by in your Forza Motorsport to get your fishing chips, oi, governor. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> Sorry. You okay there, Travis? Yeah, someone was in my throat, man. I couldn't get it out. It was really weird. Um, But, yeah, so I'm thinking another Forza Motorsport that's going to be their sim version of that, the mainline one. That's going to be available. What I think, and this kind of goes back to a previous episode that we talked about. I think, because it's definitely in development. It's for sure in development. I know it's happening. I've seen far too much smoke for me to believe it's not happening. I expect, and this is what I'll even say in the first six months, I expect that Fable 4 is going to show up. I think we get Fable 4 in the first six mm. months of this next This. Do next you think it's season. actually going to be good? Now, that's totally different thing. But I think, I, think, I think at this point, Microsoft can't let it be bad, considering the exclusives that they've pumped out in the first, pretty much, to be quite honest, all of them before Gears 5 have been pretty poo-poo, for the most part, at least, um, this gen for Microsoft-exclusive first-party titles, for uh, for the most part, I should say. Um, so, and knowing how hard they've been beaten on with exclusives being like, this is why people aren't coming to this system to play their games, there's no fucking exclusive games, there's no exclusive titles, anything like that for you to play on Xbox. That's why PlayStation's had a lot of success. They've had these big super polished triple a titles for their exclusives that have just been hit after hit after hit where microsoft hasn't had that so i i truly think they just can't let it be 
bad. Now, they may delay it, and it may be the first year, or, you know, even after that, I fully expect towards the beginning of this, like, or towards the beginning of the system's life cycle, we're going to see a Fable 4, but I, I would bet money it's good, or at least reviews well, and it's, and even if it's in the Gears 5 range of, it's getting very favorable reviews, like, 8 and above. Like, I think it's going to be a good, polished game. I just don't think they can, I, I just don't think they're capable, or they're able to put out that game and it be bad, bringing a franchise like this back. It's been dead for quite a while now, but I think it's, I mean, it's enough time. I used to think that about Halo, and then Halo 5 came. Right, but they let it die for how long now? Like, in terms of, like, yeah, they've been talking about, and the only thing they've really been promoting of Halo, I mean, Halo 5 they still have, but, like, Microsoft's face like has been like Microsoft Xbox, the Xbox face has been promoting MCC. So they're wanting people to like, Hey, you remember when Halo was good? You remember good old Halo back in the day? Like, and then building upon that saying, Hey, we got Halo infinite coming up and Hey, it's the old art style or a similar old art style. Hey, it looks like we're going back to old school Halo rings. Hey, doesn't this seem like Halo combat evolved? Hmm. You know, like, they're kind of pulling on those nostalgic heartstrings along with that. So I, I, that's another game. I just don't think, I just don't think they could let that be bad because if that, if Halo Infinite's bad off the rip, then Microsoft's going to have a really rough go again. Like they need a tent pole franchise to come out and fucking knock it out of the park. Even if it isn't like, even if the hardcore multiplayer isn't there right off the bat, like they're putting all this effort into making like a cinematic experience with their campaign and their storytelling and all this stuff. Like they brought over people from Naughty Dog who are known for storytelling. They brought over all these people who have worked in film and stuff that are really wanting to make this a return to form for a single player experience as well as a multiplayer experience. I just think it has, that's one of those games. If it doesn't knock it out of the park, like they're in trouble right off the bat, like real trouble. So the only thing I don't want to see really that sticks out to me, the sports titles that we're going to see on top of that actually put out the sports titles with all the fucking features. Like if I buy, if I buy Madden, say, you know, I pick up my Xbox Scarlet and I'm like, you know what? I do want to have a sports game to break up the monotony from something I'm playing or whatnot. Like I want to be able to play Madden. I want to be able to play a franchise. I want to be able to play GM mode or whatever they have. I want to be able to like, do my be a pro or whatever it is in that's in Madden now. Um, I can't even remember. I haven't bought a Madden game in so long, but yeah, I mean, I haven't bought Madden since like 2009. So right. Exactly. Point being though, like all these ones at launch, like NHL, I, if I want to pick up NHL at launch, like even like the year after the first NHL that was on Xbox one was very, very bare bones. And then the year after they finally started putting some features into it. And it was like, Really? Like, you're going to, a whole year, like, it's not that hard to port over the small details with it, I guess. I don't know. That's just me. Um, But, like, actually, they're more focused, it seems like, on making these, like, tech demos. These sports titles. Like, man, look at the graphics. Look at all. Well, like, put a little substance to it. If you're going to charge $60 for the game, I better get a little, at least a little bit of substance for this. So, that's just me. What do you guys think? You're asking me game-wise? Yeah. I think you already know. <laughs> I want Halo to be good. I but want, what do you, uh, like, Like outside of Halo? We already know about Halo. Like, what What do you want to see? Like, in the first year, like, give me a title that 
may not you may not expect to see, but like something you really want to see. Besides Shadowrun, besides Halo, like what Xbox title or even third party title that could be a big one that comes over being really promoted by Xbox as the, you want to play this here on Xbox. Um, I, I mean, obviously PC is going to be preferred. So I would say like the elder scrolls six game. Um, of course we don't know hundred percent when that's going to be coming out. So not holding my breath for that, but I think, I think that's in the first three years. Like, I don't think that's right off the bat. I think right. now, Starfield, maybe I think that yeah. title before that, I could see that in the first year. I could see that being yeah. a big like showpiece for next gen consoles. I think for me, besides Halo, I would love to see uh, Ninja Gaiden come back as an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to see Team Ninja put something together for Xbox Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not that, an Xbox exclusive that I would love to see. Let me or dig like into I said, the... even a third party or something like that. Like. What's something that's going to be played on next-gen consoles that you would want to see in the first year that's like, man, I want to play that on my new Xbox. I don't want to, I don't want to play that on, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, what? tell me something that would get you hyped to play that you're like, man, I, I really want to play this on an Xbox Scarlet or something like that. I'm kind of kicking around a few ideas. Xbox Scarlet. What would like, dude? I'm kind of a one trick pony when it comes to Xbox, and I'm not afraid to admit it. But like, a good like, maybe a new Tom Clancy game, but get back into the Rainbow Six uh, storyline, mm-hmm. but not like a siege game. Like get back into like the old school Rainbow Six, uh, like with uh, Domingo Chavez. And bring that oh, storyline yeah, back dude. with those guys. I fuck think yeah. that would be really special. Uh, it's something that is near and dear to my heart from the since I've been a kid. I've played Rainbow Six games, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with them. So I'm really hoping that something like that would come back to Xbox, and it would make me want to, you know, keep my Xbox even more. So than just like having a PC or whatever, uh, like getting to play it on Xbox would be a good experience. I think. Um, Another game that kind of might be a little strange, like only on Xbox. I don't even think it really has to only be on Xbox. As as far as me enjoying Elder Scrolls games, as big of a fan as I that I am, mm-hmm. uh, I prefer a console experience with it. I know that hundred oh, percent agree. You can do mods on your PC, but with the newer um fallout games you could do mods on your xbox for like fallout 4 Mm -hmm. like you could get mods for fallout 4 on your xbox so yeah like i said i mean the elder scrolls for me uh i mean halo infinite uh i hope is tremendous i hope it's terrific i hope it's everything that everybody wants um gears to me is getting to the point where it's like it's cool it's another gears that's great um but NCAA, man, the new NCAA, hopefully they come out with a new NCAA game and it's a lot like the old games and I get to have an online dynasty on my Xbox again and make that some bitch crossplay, make P- Xbox, uh, make NHL crossplay and make Madden crossplay and just make everything crossplay so everyone can play with everybody and the uh, player bases can co-pollinate, especially on Xbox. That's for sure. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I totally agree. Just two before I toss it over to Marshy and we kind of wrap up on this. Um, you touching on Tom Clancy, 
I'd love to see. I know I've been talking about it forever. Would love to see a new Splinter Cell. I'd love to see oh, a new yeah, Splinter yeah. Cell come back. And that's why I was, it could be third party. It could be whatever. I would love to see. There's been so many rumblings, and recently, the past this past week, Ubisoft's. Uh, I can't remember which account it was. I think it was maybe like their Spain account or some some shit like that. Like it was a European account of some some capacity. Um, tweeted a picture of Sam Fisher and like kind of like a quote from one of the games, like out of nowhere, and people are like, "Uh, what the fuck's going on?" Like hoping it. Like I could see it going two ways. One, they're either you know, hinting at a possible new Splinter Cell coming out because Ubisoft also at their investors meetings did mention, like I saw a note on this on Twitter that they did mention, hey, we have a couple of titles in the pipe that are coming for... One of the pipe. One of the pipe. Um, that are coming for both cross-gen to line up with next-gen consoles and you'll get them on the same experience. But we're going to have a couple of unannounced projects in the works for, I think it was like five or something like that, for um, this fiscal year coming up. Or I, uh, it might be next, no, it'd be next fiscal year. So launching next fiscal year in line with those. So, and then seeing a Splinter Cell thing pop up? Hmm. I'm just hoping it isn't like a uh, like Ghost Recon crossover like they did with fucking Wildlands. Like, give me a fucking, I want to be Sam Fisher again. I want to go and just fucking knock motherfuckers out and then just throw them off a balcony or something. Like, right. I'm down to do that again, doggy dog. Um, Fuck. Oh, and the last thing I could see, do you guys remember Elden Ring that they revealed mm -hmm. at the Xbox showcase this last year at E3? The one no, that what the heck is that? So it's a collaboration with between From Software and the famed director of the Dark Souls series, Miyazaki. Yeah. It's a collaboration between him and George R.R. R. Martin. And they're, oh. ma they're making a game called Elden Ring. And it's really, really cool looking that from what I hear, it's very, it's going to change up the formula a little bit. It'll have the Dark Souls combat or that feel of it, but kind of like, like uh, Sekiro did a little bit. They changed up the flow of it, but this seems like it's going to have more RPG, a more RPG feeling to it. And it, it seems like George R.R. R. Martin's more in line with like, hey, we're bringing him on to do world building and lore and things like that nature. Um, but really look it up. I really suggest you guys look up the trailer for it, though the uh at least the aesthetic that they're building with it seems really fucking cool uh they didn't put a date on it it was just announced at e3 last year so i'm thinking if we come around to e3 this year and they give us you know a 2020 date or a 2021 date on it even i could see it launching being like a you know may game or something kind of like cyberpunk coming out this may yeah. or april or something like that so i would really like to see that because i'm not a huge from software fan but you give me more a, of a actual like fantasy vibe than kind of like gothic. I kind of tend to stay away from the gothic end of that, um, of gothic medieval, but I like more high fantasy and that kind of, this seems like it's leading more into that. And you throw an RPG thing on it. I'll give George R or I'll give uh, from software games another try. So, um, Adam, anything to add before we wrap up on games you want to see, in titles, you know, you're hoping to see or don't want to even see. I don't think I have anything else to add at this point. Cool. Okay, Adam, uh, since you don't have anything to add, let me ask you a question. Okay. You are one of the biggest Fable fans that I know, especially the original Fable. How would you feel about a new Fable 
and what would you look for in a newer Fable game? Um, I know you played Fable 2, and I know you played Fable 3 with me. Maybe you haven't, like, put a ton of time into it, which is, like, understandable and everything. But just give me, like, a general outline of what you'd be looking for uh, out of that game. For me, a good Fable mixes elements of pretty, like, fun and approachable combat uh, and just RPG elements in general. Like, it's got to be just entertaining. It doesn't have to be all that deep or challenging. Um, but just like in the Fable 1 style, like, you, you tap X to swing and you have little combos. Um, and you have a couple different avenues to attack that with uh, melee, ranged, magic, whatever you want to do. That's That's the top of the triangle. The other two corners of the triangle are the like dry british sense of humor um i feel like that's pretty pretty much a hallmark of fable games and the third corner the third pillar of a fable game is wait wait wait. let me guess let me guess creepy ass fucking faces uh no not actually but oh wait so that's not on purpose they didn't mean to do that they didn't mean to make these like stoic like booty had me like oi gardener <laughs> faces. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I would say the the third most important thing is almost like like a The Sims style. Uh, I don't know. There's something about Fable games that have always kind of jived with The Sims and other games like that that just let you. It's something about the character customization, about buying houses and renting them out and like being able to get married and all this other stuff where you interact with the world in a very like kind of just <sighs> systemic way, I want to say. I don't know how else to describe this, but do you do you kind of understand what I'm getting at? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, for sure. 100%. Well, guys, that I think will do it for our episode. I I think we kind of set up pretty well, and I'm I'm curious to see how a lot of this plays out, um, especially on the end of the hardware stuff too. That that really is what sticks out to me the most. Um, but really, I think we're gonna have kind of built a good base for us to kind of build off of and talk about what we want and whatnot over the next really twelve months. Because like I said, we're basically a year out from new consoles, which is pretty wild and. Uh, my bank account is already starting to look at me like, don't fucking do it, you jabroni. Like, really, don't fucking go out and spend $1,000 on two consoles. But, you know, <laughs> who needs to eat anyways, you know? As long as I got my nice TV and video games and shit like that, you know? <laughs> Hunger and shit, you know? <laughs> it's overrated. Um, anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Why don't we tell everyone where they can, can find I... you? No, 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 go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt, but Adam, to um, correct myself... You are correct. The definitive edition of AOE 2 is not yet released. They have pre-released to certain streamers and media members because uh, obviously they're trying to grow the game. So it comes out on, I think, the 13th, or it was telling me in two days on Steam. I knew it was like mid-November. Yeah, so that game is coming out. It's either the 14th or the 13th. I already closed my Steam store uh, thing because I'm currently working on letting uh, the Reach uh, Insider Flight install because I just got my email while we were doing the show. Do you know what's funny? You know what's uh, for uh, Xbox or PC? I got it for uh, PC. Oh, nice, nice. Good shit, dude. Um, Yeah. On top of that, too, I just got an email while you were talking i pulled it up and it's so funny you said that um saying i know that i was talking about not sure how long 
the flight was going to last. They are now extending it to the 18th. So we have it for another week. So hopefully yeah. with both of us kind of getting in and getting a feel of it, I, I'm really curious now next week when we get on the show to talk about it. Uh, and just, you know, obviously us talking you know, off the show as well. Um, but I, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are and see what you'll experience on the PCN with kind of the shot registration and the delayed, you know, pinging of stuff that's going on and different actions like that are really, it's not even like a latency thing. It's just, it's really, really frustrating, but I'm curious to get your take on it as well. So anyways, that's going to wrap it up. Mike, where can people find you at to talk about what they want coming in to next gen and what all, you know, video game shit that's going on in your life. Where can people find you? They can find me at uh, toy soldier, T O Y S X L D I E R on the Twitter. Then you can find me at LL Toy Soldier LL on Xbox Live. And you can find me on Twitch at MP underscore Toy Soldier. Which I might actually, once we're done here, I might go live with the guide in black and continue my hard play. But... Hell yeah. Let's do it. And I'll make sure to blast that on on our social. Adam, where can people find you at, my man? You can find me on Twitter. I'll be tweeting about games and my shitty game ideas like this one I had today. Uh, the whole game is just options menu jokes. Like, um, uh, what's a funny one here? Look sensitivity. Oblivious, conscientious, self-conscious, ophthalmophobic. <laughs> wow, you just described my mental state most times. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitles, off, dialogue, internal monologue. That's great. Uh, you can find me out on Twitter tweeting shit like this at AC underscore Marshy. Nice, nice. And as always, I'm your host, Travis White, aka Travis on most internet platforms, including Twitter. You can find me at Travelis underscore. That's T R A V L E S S underscore. You can also find me streaming time to time on twitch.tv slash Travelis underscore. Same as Twitter. And on Xbox Live, you can play some games with me and see what I'm playing on xbox live at regular travelers no underscore that's t-r-a-v-l-e-s-s and that is going to do it for another episode of the game pass game cast your weekly go-to podcast for all things xbox and xbox game class including news rumors and good old conversation about them video games because they're damn cool you can find new episodes of the show every friday on youtube apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify soundcloud and wherever else you get a fucking podcast if we're not on there for some reason let me know i will make sure we get on there so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get that to follow the show and also follow us on twitter at gpgc podcast stay up to date with everything going on with the show and video games alike we also are doing a ton of great giveaways like our free game giveaway i talked about at the top of the show and we do more surprise ones too as well so and we just love getting your feedback as well so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, watching, tuning in, sharing, and just being a part of our growing community. Go out there and play some fucking video games, and we will see you next week. Peace.